0: Hey guys, thank you so much for taking some time to listen to our Revive podcast. Man, I'm so glad that you have taken the opportunity to join us in studying God's word and talk about how we can apply it in our lives. We would love for you to join us if you're able in person. For more information about when we meet, visit fhrevive.com. But hey, let's go ahead and get right into this week's lesson. Today we're going to start... Our new series, The Life in the Spirit. Guys, I'm honestly so excited. I cannot wait to get into this series. We're gonna spend the next eight or nine weeks really talking about what does it mean to live a life with the Holy Spirit? How does that play out in your everyday life? And guys, I am just beyond excited to get rolling for you with y'all today. Hey, let me tell you all kind of what we're doing today. The idea today is that we want to establish an a baseline by which we can build upon. So when you think about the Holy Spirit, one of the things that you have to understand is that we are in the process of building our theology of the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to be talking about the foundational block of the Holy Spirit. Do we actually believe in the Holy Spirit and do we believe that He wants to interact with us? We are in the process of really questioning what do you believe about the Holy Spirit? How do you interact with the Holy Spirit? And what uncertainties do you still have in your heart about who the Holy Spirit is? So I would encourage you right now, if you can, pause the podcast and take a second and think about this. You know, if you were to describe the Holy Spirit, how would you describe Him? If you were to tell me how you interact with the Holy Spirit How would you describe that? And just in general, if you were to think about the Holy Spirit and your understanding of it and your interactions of it, what questions come to mind? Maybe based upon the nature of the Holy Spirit or based upon different interactions. The reason I would say to take a minute and to really think about that is because over the next eight or nine weeks, our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and our understanding of how we grow in our knowledge and our interaction of the holy spirit is going to change you see i have this phrase and i think it's going to be helpful for us in this understanding and it my phrase is that we are building a livable theology of the holy spirit we are building a livable theology of the holy spirit so here's the thing we hear that word theology and we immediately might think different things. Some of y'all might think, well, it's just a study of God and the study of religion and how it practices out in our day, no big deal. Others of y'all might hear it and say, man, that is like seminary stuff. That's like theology textbooks. That's all this big, big words I don't understand. People who are like not practical or are head in the sky. Theology is just a real simple understanding like, okay, what do I believe about God? How do I live that out? That's my theology. Now, we're going to have a theology about different things in Scripture. Like you can have a theology of sanctification, a theology of what does it mean in the process of becoming more and more like Christ every day. But when we say we want a livable theology, and that's the phrase, we're wanting to have a livable theology of the Holy Spirit, we're saying that what we understand about the Holy Spirit and what we know to be true intellectually plays itself out in our life. We want our theology to be livable. So we are building a livable theology of the Holy Spirit. We are placing building blocks in place so that we can gradually learn how to do the phrases that we've heard so often. Now, if, if we were to open our scripture to Galatians 5, I'd like to read just a couple small references to y'all. Perhaps you've heard these before. The premise here is that these are phrases that you might have heard and said, what in the world do these mean? How do I even begin to do these things? And like I said, over the next eight to nine weeks, I'd like for you to embark with us on this journey of saying, I am ready to dive in and do the hard things here, Lord. And I'm ready to sit with you and let you shape and mold my theology, my livable theology of the Holy Spirit and help you step into the practice and the interaction of walking with the Spirit. In Galatians 5, Paul is writing to the church of Galatia and he says these phrases. Let me know if you've ever been confused by any of these. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit in verse 16. verse 18, he says, if you are led by the Spirit, man, in verse 25, it says, if we live by the Spirit, it says, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, interact with the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. And we kind of get this confusion in our soul where we go, what in the world does that even mean? I'm going to walk by the Spirit. Spirit, but how so what is that I don't understand perhaps that's you I know that was definitely me I think that was definitely me but today and we begin this process of learning to life in the spirit today we're beginning this process and the place that we have to start I hope you're tracking with me The place we have to start is understanding, are we living life without the Holy Spirit right now? Not that we don't have the Holy Spirit, but are we living our life without any interaction from the Holy Spirit right now? Are we trying to do our own thing? And I wanna ask you, how would you describe your relationship with God? How would you describe your faith? You know, would you say any of the following things? I'm stuck. I'm just going through the Christian motions. I'm lacking power. My faith has become almost entirely intellectual. It's not experiential. It's not playing out in my life. It's just intellectual. I feel like I'm lacking a connection to God. I'm lacking identity. You know, I believe in God, but I'm feeling real disconnected. If you would say, man, I really relate to those things, I would say one of the possible answers, possible answers, could be to ask yourself, are you living life without the Holy Spirit? And begin to sit with that. And I have a question. I say, you know, is this you? Is this your story? And I'll tell you that it was my story. See, this this is part of my story, part of the reason why I believe so much in living life with the Holy Spirit is because for years I lived a life absent the Holy Spirit I want to be very clear what I mean when I'm saying that because sometimes we can get caught up on um, phrases I was I believed in the Lord and, and I'd love to share some of my story here I believed in the Lord at an early age and upon that moment I know I received the Holy Spirit yet I began to live my life with no interaction with the Holy Spirit at least not not that I was aware of. There was no calling out to the Holy Spirit. I was taught that to be intellectual and to know more about God is what equals Christian maturity. You were mature if you began to know more and more and more about God, not learning to walk in obedience with the Holy Spirit. You see, I kind of had faith and I was struggling to interact with the Holy Spirit. And But I remember, I remember when I was in high school, I knew I loved the Lord, but I knew I was struggling and I, I was just trying to find my place. I remember laying in bed one night. I remember saying, God, there's got to be something more. I'm... Um, I'm reading my Bible. I'm struggling. There's got to be something more. You've got to want to have a deeper relationship with me. There's got to be something else. Now, God didn't show up in that moment and completely flip my world upside down. But when I graduated and went off to college, I began to be around different type of teaching of the Holy Spirit than what I was familiar to. You see, growing up, the Holy Spirit was kind of like something I knew existed, but I didn't really know what I was supposed to do with it. You know, it's like that feature on your phone. They're like, "Well, I know it can do this, but I don't really know like how to use it, so I don't ever use it." Um, and I felt like there was this one man. His name was Mark. Mark Alanis, he was one of my Sunday school teachers growing up, and he understood who the Holy Spirit was. And every time we talked of it and talked of interacting with the Holy Spirit, I got uncomfortable saying, like, that's uncharted waters, that's not, maybe not even real, I don't even understand what's going on. Like I said, I knew that he was real, I knew the Holy Spirit was real, but I didn't understand at all what it looked like to interact with him. It was like a feature that I had no idea how to use. And so I began to come to college and be um exposed to different teachings of the holy spirit and teachings that talked about having a relationship with the holy spirit teachings that talked about being led by the holy spirit people saying that they've heard things from the holy spirit people responding in obedience to the holy spirit it very much sounds like this relationship talk that I, i hear and I'm kind of just wondering what in the world's going on. And I had a moment of tension because what I grew up and thought I knew about God was at odds with what I was being told at church. And I was struggling. I didn't really know what to do with that. But I knew the Bible to be true. You see, I knew that whatever the Word of God said was true. So I I, I knew that if the Holy Spirit really did interact with us, really did lead us, really did let us walk with Him, that it would be in the Scripture. I knew that. So I remember after a lot of just confrontation of me sitting and hearing teaching I didn't agree with and struggle and struggle and struggle, I said, okay, God, it's time to finally learn this. So I went to Java Jacks, and if you've been around long enough, you'll know that that's my, one of my favorite places in Nacogdoches. I went to Java Jax, and I, and I took out a blue pen. I still remember what pen it was. It was one of those light blue G2 Pilot pens. You might know exactly what I'm talking about. And I took one of those pens, I went upstairs, I got me a cup of coffee, and I sat down, and I opened to the book of Acts. And I said, if the Holy Spirit actually speaks And interacts with us on a regular basis, I will learn today. I flipped open to the book of Acts every single time that it said the phrase, and the Holy Spirit said, or the Holy Spirit led them, or the Holy Spirit urged them, or being revealed by the Holy Spirit, anytime the Holy Spirit interacted with someone, I took that little blue pen and I underlined it because I was searching for truth. I had to know. I had to know. And I, I didn't even make it through the whole book of Acts. Acts has about, I think, 17 chapters, and I think I made it through the first eight. And if you go back and look at the Bible that I was reading, you'll see that almost every page has blue on it over and over and over again, and it's some chapters are covered with it. And it was as if God was making a point very loud and clear That the Holy Spirit is real and He interacts with us. And it was as if my eyes were opened. That I was living my life without the Holy Spirit. I had the Holy Spirit, but I was ignoring Him. And my eyes were opened. And I saw that the relationship with God that I had been struggling with was available through the interactions of the Holy Spirit. You see, I think our spirit is meant to live in connection with the Holy Spirit. And part of the reasons why we're struggling and feeling like we're in this rat race is because our spirit is ignoring the Holy Spirit in our life. We're ignoring the Holy Spirit. I want to take you to a couple passages of Scripture today. We're going to do a little bit of bible flipping but we're going to start in genesis and, and the goal of today is that i just want you to see that the holy spirit is real and approachable and that we're meant to live with the holy spirit and so one of the things that we're hoping for you guys to just really grasp is that as we step into these passages that you can begin to understand historically what role has the spirit played And what role would it continue to play? So, I want to take you to Genesis. Genesis chapter 2. Now, look, this is the very beginning. If you've never read the book of Genesis, Genesis is all about creation and how the world began. And it's kind of like laying the the framework and the foundation of how everything started. And in Genesis chapter 2, Jesus, God is... The story of him creating the world is being told. And and in Genesis chapter 2, verse 5, I want to pick up there. It says, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had sprung up, the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land, and it was watering the whole face of the ground. Check this out, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature check that out it said the lord god formed the man from dust and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature a couple things here it says the lord god it's and I don't want to get into too big of a sermon there but it's intentional he says lord and god to denote that The person doing this work had a had power to do it and also authority to do it. So the Lord God is able to create and he has the right to create. It says that God was created out of dust. I I find that pretty interesting. Anytime that I gather up dust in my own house, that's not the outcome. (laughs) But dust here is what man was created out of. So God creates man out of dust. And what does he do? This is crazy. He says he he takes him, and he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. Now, I want you to think about this. How close to somebody's face do you have to be to breathe into their nostrils? This is real personal, intimate, uh, something I might say uncomfortable, space, right? It says that he breathes the breath of life into his nostrils. Why is this so key? Why is this so key? Let me show you this. So our English Bible really struggles with this idea of breath of life. So that word breath is actually, just for our purposes, helps us to understand that it's translated better as spirit. In other words, here's an understanding of that scripture. God makes man from the dust. And, and places his spirit within him, breathes his spirit in, within him. His spirit is placed within him. And what happens? The end of that verse. And the man became a living creature. So God takes his spirit, he places it in man, and man becomes alive that's at the core and the premise of what life is. Life isn't good behavior, and life isn't doing the right things, and life isn't just going to heaven when you die. Life is having the Spirit of God within you, that you have been given the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that Jesus had, now resides in you, and that's the catalyst by which life begins. And this is, this is, I'm going to go off on an evangelism thing here, but this is the whole point. This is why we share our faith. We don't share our faith saying, man, you can become a better human. You can become more moral. You can not get all out of whack. No, we're saying, Look, man, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe in what he has done for you and that he has taken the penalty of your sin, and if you commit your life to him, what you're doing is you're actually receiving the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that God had is now placed inside of you and it is the catalyst of your life. You receive life. When the Holy Spirit is placed inside of you, you receive a life. I want you to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Let me read it for you. In Romans chapter 8, Paul's talking a little bit about the Spirit, and he says this If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Did y'all catch that? If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if the spirit that was in Jesus also dwells within you, he will give life to your mortal bodies. That's life. Having the spirit of God within you so it makes so much sense that we struggle with life when we're trying to figure out life absent the Holy Spirit when we're ignoring the Holy Spirit if you're listening to this and you've never given your life to the Lord guy, I'm telling you so much man there's so much more here for you than just good behavior there's life and God wants to place his spirit within you if you've If you have done that and you've just rejected the Holy Spirit, I'm saying there is so much more to life than what you even understand there to be right now. And that God's Spirit is the source of life. I want you to go to Ephesians. In Ephesians, Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus. His buddy Timothy is the pastor there. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, he says this, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He says, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when someone shared the gospel with you and you believed in God, this verse says that you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And that upon the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit was placed within you. You were given the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, I want to go back to Romans 8. This is huge, guys. Romans 8, listen to verse 14. All of those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Sons of God. Okay, to be a son of God means I'm part of the family of God. Well, how do I become a part of the family of God? Well, I became a part of the family of God when I believed in Him for salvation. Okay, well, when I believed in Him for salvation, I was given the Spirit. Right, okay. So if I've believed in Him for salvation and received the Spirit, then I'm a part of the family of God. All right, so if I have believed in God for salvation, He's given me the Spirit, placed me within the family. And this verse says that... Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So the family of God is led by the Spirit of God. So it's natural for me to be led by the Spirit of God. Did y'all catch that? It is natural for you to be led by the Spirit of God. As natural as it is for you to breathe air. As natural as it is for you to enjoy good Music. You are made to be led by the Spirit of God. The problem is, we try to lead our own lives instead of being led by the Spirit of God. In 2 Corinthians, I want to read one more verse for you. So Paul was writing this letter to the church at Corinth. This is actually his second letter, and he's, um, he's finishing it off. This is like literally the last sentence of the letter. You know, this is the part where you like sign your name and it's like, sincerely Paul, right? He's finishing off this letter. He's got one final thing to say and he drops this incredible truth and makes it very evident um, regarding the Holy Spirit in our interactions. Check this out. Verse 14 of chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. What that tells me is that the Holy Spirit is so much more than just something to learn about. Now, when we say the word fellowship, you know, in Baptist terms, that means like potluck after church on Sunday. But that's not what I'm saying here. Like, it's so much deeper. Like, there's There's friendship. There's relationship. There's unity. There's intimacy. There's um, more than just me learning about him. It says, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. It's kind of interesting. He's finished this letter and he says, oh, wait, one more thing. Walk with the Spirit. Live in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that'll help. That'll help everything. It's almost as if Paul knew that that was the the key to life, was to walk with the Holy Spirit, have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And this is so crazy. And I just want to ask you and really have you do some soul searching within yourself. What do you believe about the Holy Spirit? Does that belief play itself out in your day-to-day? Because you can have a belief about the Holy Spirit, even if you don't have one. Like if you don't know what to believe, that's what you believe. If you believe he's not real, that's what you believe. And those beliefs will dictate your actions. But when when you see verses like me in, the, in Romans eight where the spirit brings life, or that and all those who are um, part of the family of God are led by the spirit of God, or when you see in Ephesians where it says that the Holy Spirit is given to us that salvation, and that life is found in the Holy Spirit? I don't know about you guys, but I get pumped. I'm getting excited over here because the life that I want to live is the abundant life. That's John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. That's what Jesus said. So I'm all about the abundant life. Well, The abundant life is lived in step with the Holy Spirit. So I just got to ask you, man, are you inviting the Holy Spirit into your life? Are you beginning, beginning the process of letting Him come into the spaces of your life, inviting Him to interact with you, asking Him to lead you? Or are you trying to lead? Are you listening to Him? Are you giving Him space to talk? We're going to talk more about what that looks like in the upcoming weeks, but are you giving Him space to talk? What do you believe about the Holy Spirit? Do we have a livable theology of the Holy Spirit? We have to build one. We have to create one. And I'm asking you to take the time, do the hard work of sitting with God and saying, God, where have I placed the Holy Spirit in my life? Is he on the back burner or something I'm ignoring? Or is the Holy Spirit a part of my day-to-day? And if the Holy Spirit is on the back burner, I would say, just say, God, I, I want to change that. I want to begin to interact with the Holy Spirit more. Help me see him. Hear Him. And at the same time, if you're already living in a place where you've invited the Holy Spirit to be a part of your everyday life, say this prayer, God, where in my life have I neglected to be led by the Holy Spirit? Where in my life am I not open to Him being in my life? And just say that prayer to Him. Ask Him. Ask Him to teach you one of the most beautiful things about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to get into this in the upcoming weeks, but in John 14, it says that the Holy Spirit guides us into truth. That's part of his nature. His One of his jobs is that he guides us into all truth. And so if you're struggling to understand what's real and what's true, the Holy Spirit is the one that guides you in truth. So just kind of ask him, all right, God, I know the Holy Spirit drives guides me into truth, and I'm struggling to understand truth. Will you guide me to it? And when God guides you to truth, know that that is the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about that this week. I can't wait to see you guys next week, 10 o'clock, Sunday morning. Let's pray. God, thank you that the Holy Spirit is our seal upon the moment of salvation and that all of those who are part of the family of God are led by your spirit. The so Holy Spirit, I would just say, lead these students. Lead me. Teach us. Help us to slow down and not miss when your spirit's moving. God, I just pray for the person who's never really interacted with the Holy Spirit that their mind and their eyes would be open to this idea that this relationship with the Holy Spirit is available and it's the thing that brings life now our life isn't about good behavior it's about receiving the holy spirit and that being the thing that gives us life god i thank you for your word and your scripture Please speak truth to these students lives